Peace and harmony to the family. Welcome to another episode of Fresh Pharaoh. We are your host. I'm Forrest the Pharaoh. Donnie Ascended. And it's your boy Rock the God. Come at you with another one. And today we have a, uh, this episode is like a request from uh, one of our friends. So shout out to the boy uh, Nathan. Uh, he requested us to do our episode on the programming of youth via media, such as cartoons and stuff of that nature. So yeah, we're going to expand upon that and we're going to. Uh, we're going to build and get into it. Let's, mm-hmm. let's kick it off. We're going to kick it off. Mm-hmm. Rod, you sound like you want to say something. No, nah, man. I feel, I feel like Harry should say something first. Be real with you. I'm always going first, but that's what it is. All right. So <laughs> when we look at the youth, from day one, they are being programmed. You are coming mm-hmm. out of the womb with views that are not your own. You are... The media is probably the biggest thing that gets them. And this is the one reason. What's one thing that oh, when a kid's crying, what's one thing that's going to make them stop immediately? You put a screen in their face and they just, mm-hmm. they, they daze out. They get why they just, they zoned in, they tapped out. They done been immersed into this. So essentially with that, you can show them anything and they will be okay with it because they do not understand it. They don't know any better. You have, you, they don't know any better. And if it's not enforced that, hey, did you know there's this thing called outside? They're not gonna. They're not going to focus on that content. Mm-hmm. Are, like, what's that? I say, at like a younger age, I feel like at that at that younger age, your mind like more immersed to absorbing yeah. like that yeah, only reality valuable. instead of actual happening. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. whatever creative creative show they show online, it's more interesting what's going on around them. So they're like, that's why that's that's their main source. You know, learning at that point. And I think with the program, it's a lot of stuff that they're being exposed to very early that you don't necessarily even need to care about. Uh, I've seen an episode of Sesame Street recently with like a dude in a dress. I just felt like for a show to be talking about counting in letters and words and sentence structure that you essentially just need the puppets and don't need none of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now the kids are like, "Hey, why he in a dress?" Because they're more focused on that now than what they learning. They exposed too early that kind of stuff. I feel like right, and they no longer make up the thing for itself because everything has became glamour, has become glamorized through media. Mm-hmm. That's with anything, and media, media. When we talk about like cartoons, TV shows, music, it's all a form of media. And with the access being. The access to media now is wider than it ever has been. And so they are being exposed to so much at such a young age, and they're too vulnerable to understand what's being done. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like children, um, you know, up to a certain age, their minds are only capable of just receiving information, you know, absorbing. They're like sponges. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So they're just soaking up everything that's around them. They, they're just soaking up things that people tell them and soaking up the ideals from their parents and their loved ones and the things that they see on those screens. And so, you know, they're not at the stage in their lives where they can be able to discern between the images that they're seeing, you know, you know, what's reality, what's not, you know, mm-hmm. what's right, what's wrong. Mm-hmm. They're just taking it all in. And I feel like, you know, we see the issues start to arise when you just start putting any image in front of them, knowing mm-hmm. that they're sponges. 
and that they're going to take in anything. Mm. You know what that just reminded me of? What you called them sponge, right? I was looking at SpongeBob, mm-hmm. right? You yes, saw all that nonsense. Literally. They know what they're doing. They put a sponge on the train, symbolic of what you're about to think. But it's about to soak up in your head, and he underwater, so he's soaking up everything. So they're going to display the nonsense to you. And I get it. It's media. It's entertainment. But kids but I, don't know that off rip. Right. I what I feel it is is you must come to a balance. You know, I feel like everything in life is about balance. Because me growing up, I watched cartoons, of course, but I spent a lot of time playing outside. I spent a lot of time interacting with kids in the neighborhood. I, I spent it was a good balance between the time I spent, you know, playing video games and watching TV and the time I spent reading books. Playing outside, drawing, you know what I mean? Going out there and, and doing things to further elevate my mental state as a child. And so I feel like we've lost a certain aspect that shouldn't have been lost. We've lost that second part. Now we just got kids that just stay on the phone all day. We got kids that just playing video games all day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And kids, not, yeah. they're not going outside. They're not playing. They're not interacting with each other. And I feel like that's where we start to see the problems arise. Yeah. I think that is a very clear statement that was made because I can agree looking back on my past. I remember during the school week, I was not allowed to watch TV. I was allowed to watch from Friday once I did my homework till that Sunday at 8 o'clock p.m. to watch TV. So those are the only days I would watch TV. Those are the only days I would let the program. But aside from that, I was in my room. I used to write little comic books with my terrible drawing, right? I used, to, <laughs> I used to be drawing. Man. I used I to go outside. I used to read books. Some, I mean, some, I mean, sometimes it, it's low key forcing. Some of your parents like you need to go read a book, and you would read a book, you wouldn't like it, but you read it. My vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Was, I remember one time my mom told me to read a Twilight book. I was like, "What the heck? I'm in second Ooh. grade. I don't want to read." <laughs> That's <this."> not. <laughs> she was like, "It's good. Like, it's this a is beyond me." Mom, why does the vampire love with the? <laughs> I was like, Mama, they're not killing each other enough. It's not real vampires. <laughs> I'm saying, bro. Like, why are you talking about eating a deer? What, what they got to do with vampires? You know? <laughs> but we had that balanced state of mind. Because, of course, as we get older, we realize, yes, technology became very influential. And we started seeing it because it was a shifting of the paradigm. I started staying in more. I won't even lie. I started staying in more as it grew up and developed. But I also knew sometimes there has to be a limit because I grew up from a point where there was a limit. Mm-hmm. But there, as time goes on, they're kind of like interesting technology, like earlier and earlier. Yeah, like, definitely. I got my first like like smartphone like middle school, but then now I'd be seeing like I don't know six year olds with some from an iPad or something. I'm looking like you're like like back then I had like a toy, like a yo yo type jump or a basketball. Yeah. They just doing this. I'm like, hold on, where was this when I was young? Like, right. Like, my first phone was a flip phone. Bro, that mother had an antenna. I had a flip man. phone, a Blackberry. Oh lord. Man, I had they said make a phone call. I flipped that guy open like like I'm a Power Ranger or something. Oh some it's morphing time type stuff. Yeah, bro, you know, so like, we used to be on the bus doing that exact stuff, bro. Like, we, Donovan, you used to be like, yo, I got to uh, take a call. You open that flip ball, you get in the corner of the seat. He'd be like, hey, Ma, we almost there. <laughs> you remember my flip phone? My flip phone used to be elite, bro. <laughs> mm. And so, 
But now technology is such a big market mm-hmm. that it's going to be pushed because the earlier you get it to them, the longer you have to make a consumer. Mm-hmm. I have a, uh, a cousin who's like three and she's on the phone all the time. Not all the time, but the phone is a distraction. So young, they're watching stuff. Stuff that has no value. Like it might be not, it'll be okay if they're watching educational stuff. Sure, go ahead. But like the amount of nonsense they intake through this programming via the, the electronics versus what they're actually learning is so low. And then, then they get to school and they're tasked with having to do the utmost when they're receiving mm-hmm. the least at home. And I'm thinking like, I was feeling like, I think it damages like just aspects of being human, like creativity, interpersonal skills. Cause like, if you're that young and like everything, all your entertainment is just in a device. You're not going to, you know, if your friends come over, you ain't going to make them no games to pass time. You're not going to, like, draw, listen, like, meet, create things to, you know, to expand your imagination like that. It's just, like, it's just spoon-fed to you. That's going to suffer you as a whole Mm -hmm. once you get older, that part of life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel like like people forget that kids are the most creative people on the planet. Exactly. You could put kids outside. You can give them a pile of dirt and two sticks. You're going to come back. (laughs) They're going to be having a time of their life. Boy, Ooh. I remember I had a, uh, I used to go outside with my sister and I used to get the little nail clipper, right? The little thing you clip your nails with. And me and my sister would step in the grass and make a grasshopper come out and we would catch it and we would pick it up with the nail clipper and just watch it. And then I look at his eyeball. <laughs> oh, that's different. And then we yeah, used remember... to, sometimes we would throw it in the anthill and see if it escaped, but I was just on some. <laughs> Oh, you can't believe evil See, kids. That's, that's, that's a you, boy. That's a you in the afterlife, guys. But but that was our world. Yeah. We weren't always programmed yeah. by everything. We knew that yo, we can still go outside and have fun. I mean, now my sister right. sometimes she stay in a lot, but that's during that teen phase. But still, you got to know in the balance. Like people, like you can't even go outside and have a phone conversation. You got to be in your back cave and have a conversation. No. <laughs> the, the difference is that. We we can use technology, but we can know we can hop off it. With their right. point, they if they take that away from, they're gonna be like lost. They're gonna be like half their brain is gone. Like they're not gonna I know just, what to do without it. They go people tend sad, to, tired. They tend to forget that technology is meant to be a tool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not meant to be something to enslave you. So yeah. we are the ones that's supposed to be utilizing the technology and not the other way around. The technology is using us nowadays. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this is heavily promoted in the media all the time. Uh, I think a show that everyone should watch, I think that we should even watch it. And I think that will good help us look at the show known as American Gods, right? Mm-hmm. American like Gods? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's symbolic about that show is not only the writer of the show, because mm-hmm. this writer has wrote in very profound comics, if you will. He's wrote in the book, the comic American Gods. He's write, wrote in the comic book Eternals. He's wrote in the book Sandman. He's wrote in Thor. And I think his stories are very symbolic of like that energy within you with the, with the titles of what he does within the Sandman, that dream world, how things can manifest. The uh, Eternals, that godhood of the Eternals, which is now being made to a movie, which is going to be very profound when you see the context of that movie. And with American Gods, it makes that show so powerful is that the show every character in the show is a god 
Like they, uh-huh. they they represent something from some religion. Like one character may be Anubis, so you're always seeing him meeting people and embalming people. One character might be Horus. One character might be Isis, and it's not just Egyptian. It goes there. There's like Baron Smedi is in there. It's, All those. This was uh, the 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 spider trickster guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they go by him name is Shadow. Mm-hmm. And his character is very symbolic too, but. Again, the 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 uh, programming of this, right? Mm-hmm. What we're seeing, stuff of that context is very prolific. And the impact also, also with that being said, on the other hand, you know it's not all electronic when you look at the programming of youth. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the programming of youth, there are major institutions that contribute to that. The main two being public schooling and religion mm-hmm. and churches. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, let's get into the public schooling first. Uh, public schooling, it teaches kids to take on the, the ideals of, you know, whatever the teacher says and just run with it. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're it, it says, right, the, the, the critical thinking in public schools is nearly non-existent nowadays. Now people, they just give you the equation, they give you what you're supposed to do, and then you do it. There's no actual, you know, let me try to figure this out. And then because, they you know, mess out you. Right. How, how many times have you ever been in school and you've gotten in trouble because the teacher was like, you told the teacher, he was like, oh, I got the right answer. I just didn't do it your way. And the teacher's like, no, you got to do it this way. You know what Are I mean? Are you kidding me? That's me this in is, physics every this day. This is the right way. <laughs> that's my, that's right. my greatest okay. suffering. I get the answer. How'd you get it? Don't ask questions, sir. Just know that I got it. <laughs> like, don't, don't. I feel like to put the minds of our young geniuses in this mold that they have to do things a certain way or they have to figure things out in a certain way, I feel like it takes away from their innate creativity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's a large part of the program that we see in youth today. You know, it's, it's indoctrination. Right. And it, it, starts, it starts with the media. It starts from such a young age that those cartoons get to play. I can admit, we have, I look I back at some cartoons and like, oh yeah, the program is definitely here. But then I look at some that are just pure entertainment. But now I look at stuff that's on TV now, and I'm like, bro, what is this? <laughs> I was like, there's not even he ain't fighting nobody. First off, first of all, it ain't a real show, and then, <laughs> and then two, it, it don't have like no significance. It's just promoting, uh, it's just promoting social stuff now. A lot of it just became like a lot of socialist media now, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nothing is very, nothing is pure entertainment anymore. Right, and I think you can see the rise. I think a, a year where I started seeing a lot of this is like twenty twelve ish. Right, I, I think I have a good example of a show that that caught me off guard with it going right. So mm-hmm. I know us three, we love Avatar: The Last Airbender. Right, that was top tier. That was top tier. That was the greatest. Yes. And if anything, the Avatar taught you was that you are a god. Because look at that homie going into the Avatar state. Right. At twelve years old, everyone's been like, "Oh, yeah. he's a twelve. And then they they had that one episode where he was they was talking about how to open up your chakras and everything. Mm. Yes, all seven chakras, bro. That was deep, man. Yeah, 
And then, then go to the Legend of Korra, right? Now that now look at the ending of Legend of Korra. It caught everyone off guard with the main character being a gay black woman, and everyone who watched the show was like, "What the heck? What, what, why? Why does it matter? I didn't want to see her throw some water and some air. Like, like it, it served of no use mm-hmm. to the story, to my opinion." It felt like it was force-fed in there, right? It was forced. They're trying to be more inclusive when it was just, like, editing, like, the storyline of it, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that had no, I feel like, no effect on, like, the content or, like, the plot of the actual fight. Like, it don't matter if she was gay or straight, whether, what's it called, which was fighting at, you know, the evil at the end of the story. So, like... Right. And I think... I, do I keep going? Go ahead, brother. Um, You know, I was just going to say that, you know, I agree uh, in the sense that if you're going to make that part of the character and you must be consistent with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to use this inclusion so that, you know, um, LGBT African-American women have someone to relate to, then make this a consistent part of the character. Right. I feel like when it, when it gets to a point where you just throw something in there, almost as if it was a last minute idea, mm-hmm. as if you didn't really want to do it, then I feel like that's when we start to, you know, be a, a little unsure of what's going on mm-hmm. because I'm not I'm not going to have a problem with you trying to empower uh, those African-American women in the LGBT right. community mm-hmm. but you know I'm going to have a problem with you just throwing something in there just to say ah uh, well I mean we gotta appeal to everyone and I see that so often nowadays mm-hmm. people just feel like they have to appeal to everyone nowadays you know what I'm saying right. it's just mm-hmm. okay Look, we got to do something so that this group of people won't be mad, or this group of people will like this, show, or this group of people. You know, it, when I say groups of people, I mean all groups of people. Right. All right. I don't care if that's race. I don't care if that's sexuality. I don't care if it's none of that. Nowadays, when it comes to media, people feel like they have to appeal to everyone, and that often leads to a lot of confusion in the images that we see. Bullseye. Especially bullseye. in the youth. Because they do not care what you're putting it on them. Like, they don't care about it. They just want to watch a good show and laugh. Exactly. Like, I, like for instance, I've been watching Danny Phantom lately. I love that show, man. Gotta catch him all because he's Danny Phantom. Talk to him, That was bars. That was bars. <laughs> yes. That whole intro. Bro. That, that, that like theme this. intro? Yo. <laughs> I think about it like this. Like, yo, what if they made Danny Phantom gay? I think I would not have cared if they established that in the beginning. But if it was uh-huh. something that it, you implement halfway or through the end, like mirror through the season, like he about yeah, to fight the bad like, guy, but then he just kiss a dude, like hey, bro, like it like... just throws off the energy of the show. But shows like that is that's how they're played out now. Mm-hmm. You have lots of youth claiming gay and stuff. I'm not, I don't want no one to take this wrong. Like I'm attacking them. I'm just saying, there's a certain age where that should not matter. Mm-hmm. There's a certain age where you should still run around talking about she got cooties. Like, <laughs> it yeah. don't matter <laughs> at like 10, 12, probably. Maybe 13, sure. Go ahead. I, at that point, yeah. Go ahead and start, you know, thinking, I guess. But I'm saying you supposed to enjoy the youth while you have it. Enjoy it. Don't mm-hmm. program them. And that's, but that's what they're being done to. They're being programmed mm-hmm. constantly. Everything they see. When they come out of the womb, it's programming because they are not taught to think for themselves. They are taught to use the information that someone else thought of and run with it. Uh huh. This it's, it's it's to the point where the youth are chastised for mm-hmm. questioning 
what's going on. And when I say this, I mean this in all aspects. Uh, if you've ever been in school and you just have, you ask the simple question, why? Why are we doing what we're doing today? Why are we learning this? And they're like, oh, he a problem child. Oh, he won't listen. He won't follow directions. Stay in the child's <laughs> place? Oh, you, I used right. to that. <laughs> you stay in the child's place. You, you go to your family. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, why do we worship these guys? Why do we have these traditions? And it's like, Oh, oh, children should be seen, not heard. You know what I'm exactly, saying? Right. Things of that nature. You know, oh, you're not old enough to, to talk about the type of stuff. What do you mean? It's a simple question. I feel like if you can't answer the question why you're doing something, then you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Speak that clock talk, brother. Talk black to be got. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I see it so often, and it's so prevalent in our community. These kids are just being shut down for having, you know, questions. Ideas and opinions and right. stuff like that. And you say, well, just because they're a child, that what they're saying is incorrect. But, you know, what if that this this whole tradition of, of kids being seen as, as a lesser than when it comes to wisdom and intelligence, you know, what if this has come about because long ago people knew the power that children had. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they knew how intelligent the children were. And they knew that through the children, they could incite change. Let me derive that to something real quick. I didn't mean to cut you off, brother. No, nah, you good, brother. Keep going. King Tut, right? King Tukahama. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He was 16. Now, of course, he's still a teenager at that point. 14, 16, between that range. Of course, he's still, mm-hmm. he's not full youth, but he's still considered a youth in, in ancient Kemet at the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone doubted his prowess as a pharaoh, as a king. Yet, he was so young. He mm-hmm. is one of the most profound pharaohs to the point, and he made so many good changes and kept up with tradition that he explored by asking why to the point where they had him assassinated, right? Mm-hmm. Because part of the story, let me bring a little little knowledge about Kemet real back. And it was a time when the cult of Ra, which was a group of priests, decided, hey, let's start having people pay for salvation. Because the whole thing in ancient Kemet was that, hey, you, the feather of my high, all that stuff that we talked about in previous episodes, that you follow this, you'll be fine. It was the, the cult of Ra was a group of priests that was like, let's have them pay now. And pharaohs such as Nefertiti, King Tut, and I think it's another pharaoh, but they, they erased so much of his content, I forget his name, it started with an H. And oh, you talking about uh, you talking about uh, Akhenaten? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking about. They said uh, those three pharaohs specifically decided to. They said no, we're not doing that. That's not what ancient Kemet is about. We don't do that here. So mm-hmm. that's why Akhenaten was erased because he was the first pharaoh to say, "Let's not do that." They was like, all right, homie, you out because you ain't shifting with you ain't you ain't doing what we doing. Exactly. His entire history has been nearly, you know, entirely it was, It is nearly impossible to find information on him because they changed his name. Mm-hmm. They've done so much. Nefertiti, she hey, she was a goddess. You can't you can't stop a goddess. That's why everybody know about her. But they still don't mm-hmm. know how she was still wanting to keep intact with the spiritual aspect to the point where mm-hmm. They tried to stop her, but they couldn't. And King Tut was unfortunately killed as a result of wanting to keep that aspect. And I bring that all to light just to say 
how powerful the youth is. Mm-hmm. That a pharaoh of that age was able to bring so much change and uprising to his his nation. And to the point where they said, we're going to have to assassinate this kid. Mm-hmm. And today they are now, kids are shut down to the point where they are quote unquote depressed at 12 and 11. They are uh, talking about drug use at early ages. They're starting younger. Mm-hmm. They're engaging in just they're engaging in a lot more a lot more nonsense just younger because due to being shut down and exposed to media saying well if you don't do this you're not right like stuff of that nature is heavily emphasized now. I feel that you know if if a youth was to come forward and have like let's say answers that no one else older than him could find, they would feel ashamed in like in comparison. They're like, oh, this young kid have found the answers that, you know, teens, preteens, whatever, whatever age. Meanwhile, and as an older, full adult, fully grown a human, they still are still struggling with like finding their path yeah. or answers they haven't found yet. So mm-hmm. that's what that's, what like that's exactly what it is. I feel like it's mm-hmm. fear because mm-hmm. if adults, if we got into a society where adults were being one up by children, that pride, that ego that adults have, for sure, you know, it'd be destroyed. Mm-hmm. That pride so, and envy of it, yeah, right. And I, I, I disagree with that because I feel that adults should encourage that creativity in order to innovate, in order to propel society forward. Right. That's it's essential. That's that's how the greatest things are created. Because someone had a mentor who saw their potential and was like, mm-hmm. "Run with it." But now it's being completely opposite. It's, it's they're destroying the free thought. Um, actually, now that, now that we're talking about it, there is so much media that displays this. It's, think about all those movies about dystopian societies, right? So repeat that. Repeat that one more time. All the movies about a dystopian society, such as The Giver, okay. The Hunger oh, yeah. Games, Divergent. Mm-hmm. They are infinite. The Maze Runner. Yeah. Right? All those mm-hmm. movies are, they follow the children who live in a society or a world where they don't have a say. You do what you're told. If you're mm-hmm. not, if you don't, you are a problem. Yep. And they will and deal the with main, you. The, the main characters are always the ones that say, you know what? I'm going to just do what I do regardless of what you say. Right. Then they're painted as radicalists, like, oh, well, uh, help, help us stop that or else it can lead to the unfollowing of all this. Like, no, they have the right idea in mind. However, y'all just are, are trying to fight. Y'all are trying to complete them from reaching their full potential type thing, something mm-hmm. like that. And back to Donovan's point about the schools. Because, see, though, a main part of those movies is that they're in school and they just no longer see a point in doing this structured system. Mm-hmm. Because the structure system, this is what they tell you at every school. You're here so you can go to college and complete globally. Mm-hmm. Compete. First, first thing I want you to know is that you're fighting. They never say you're just, they never say you're working together. You're, you're always fighting against the next person. Mm-hmm. You ain't never working together against them. Then they say, oh, well, you have to go to college or you're not successful. So now, but now, if anything, you're having a, a lot of parents who are having children who did not go to college and are very successful. So now they're in mm-hmm. class thinking, wait, but I don't want to, so I won't be successful. They are getting confused due to convoluted messages. And so mm-hmm. they are, and so now they are falling into depression, 
drug use. They are feeling out of place, out of touch. Mm -hmm. Because society is saying, you cannot do this without doing that. But the paradigm is changing. But the media has such a control that it's it's almost impossible to reach them sometimes because by a certain age, it's already engraved. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but um, let's move on to the... uh, Donovan, you said you brought up religion, right? And how those houses play a role into it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you gonna dive in on that? <laughs> oh yeah, you know, just a uh, just a little something, a little, little, little something. So uh, when it comes to religion, I feel like religion may be the biggest uh, youth programming tactic, and I say this because. Children are exposed to their families long before they're exposed to the school. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, especially with your family, you spend, as a child, you spend every waking moment with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you adopt nearly all of their ideals. Right. And when it comes to religion, if you have a, a question about something, especially when it comes to someone's beliefs, it's it's t- almost well, it is taboo to ask why. You know, if you I've been in church before, um, and I've just asked why, and the response you get is, well, you know, do you not believe in this, or you know, are you questioning your faith, or you know, what's going on? And it's not necessarily so much as that. Is you know, I just want to get a better understanding of why we do what we do, and right. I feel like if if the question if me asking why poses such an issue, then that means that there's some knowledge that I need to go and get for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you won't tell me, and if you are reluctant to tell me, then that means I need to go and find out for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. You said it better. You said it. I remember uh, in middle school, there was, a, uh, there was a girl I used to know, and she used to say that, well, she didn't have a religion. She said her parents took her to all the different type. They took her to temples, churches, missionary, all those, so she could have a broad understanding of the world around her. So she she never picked one, or she just like just she didn't pick to... one because she had she 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 looked she listened and looked at all of them. So she was all more about morals instead of actual religion itself type thing. Well, it was more so the understanding because you can't understand the world looking one sided. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in. Also, you know, when it comes to religion, it's uh, it breeds very close-minded individuals. Definitely. And I say that in the sense that, you know, once you believe a certain way, you immediately believe that everything else is incorrect, mm-hmm. right? So when you believe everything else is incorrect, you no longer have the ability to sit down and have a conversation with someone of a differing belief because you know in your mind that what you're trying to do is defend your beliefs against theirs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Kind of so, so it's like, so quick. Right, yeah. right. And so it's like you're you're instead of just talking to them, now it's well, what I do is right and what you do is wrong because this or what you're doing, I you know, why is that? You know, this is why we get all these conflicts about religious issues. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so uh if you actually look at the um ancient Catholic people they actually encouraged people to go out and read uh, about other cultures. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they, enc- they encouraged people to go out and get a better understanding of the world around them. 
because they understood that in order for you to be more unified, you needed to know more about other people. You know, when it comes to religion and schooling, we put ourselves in this bubble. Mm-hmm. And this bubble, you know, it's like, okay, this is the world. And there's nothing outside of it. This is just us in this bubble. And now we just got a bunch of different bubbles everywhere. A bunch of different bubbles. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people fail to realize that we're all in this one huge bubble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's where a lot of the problems happen. Because we are so divided over something of this nature. And what a lot of people fail to realize is that a, a majority of the religions are saying the same thing. They of course. Because they all derive from the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. They're saying the same thing in a different way. But we got folks out here fighting wars over them. Right. Sure. It, it, it's just a source of, along with trade, it's a source of one of the most of biggest reasons for conflict. Because, mm-hmm. hey, what, you don't believe that? Oh, no, nah, we fighting, man. Mm-hmm. We fight. I remember I seen a comedy show. Uh, I think me and you watched it, Roger Trevor Noah. And wow. <laughs> when he did a play with like the first uh, European going over to uh, India. Going to India, yes, man. There was one God. You don't know the name of your God. It's God. Oh, uh, well, that's why I'm like, you know, blessings. Because which God? That God? No, no, no other God. No other God. No, 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 the guy behind. No, you don't know his name. Like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, like, and then it showed how mad the European would get when someone said, which guy are you talking about? He's like, what you mean? It's only one guy. He's like, uh, well, you know, there's that guy, that guy, the guy behind the other guy. So, you know. You yeah, he know shot the gun. And they would get offended to the point of where they want to kill. Mm-hmm. Then the guns came out. Right. And that shows the problem with it as a whole. I'm not knocking anyone's religion at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it breeds closed-minded people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's just a, that's just a fact. Because I'm not going to say, you know, uh, uh, people use religion for a lot of different reasons. Some people need religion. Some people need something to believe in. And, and some people need that that guidance system. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, for me personally, I feel like, you know, it, it, let's say this in a metaphorical way. I feel like religion is like a fish tank, right? You got a fish in the fish tank. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's religion. I feel like spirituality and actually understanding what's going on is like an ocean. All right, you uh, picture this. Remember finding Nemo when uh-huh. they was in the little bags, and then they was in the sea. Yeah. Uh huh. They were swimming in the bags in the sea. Yeah. Yes, they was the bags was in the sea, but the fish were in the bags. I feel like when I feel like religion, you you still in that bag. Right. And that was. But what? But, but but yeah. But once you start, you know, learning more, now I feel like that bag starts to open up. When that bag opens up, and now you in the sea, you open up a multitude of possibilities. Beautiful metaphor. Beautiful. Yeah, that was that was amazing right there, and it couldn't be stated more truer. And when you think about the youth, how they are force fed this, right? Especially mm-hmm. by older people. If not your parents, definitely your grandparents. Most definitely, because the grandparents have had to live by that to the age where they are now, to the point where they like, when I got a spoon feed, because it was spoon fed to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if their child isn't 100% on it, they're like, well, I got to get the grandchild. So they force feed you with it. If you do something wrong, they're like, God ain't going to like that. He ain't going to yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. You're like, what, what I do? What I do? Mm, I can't tell you. You need to go read the Bible. I'm only two of them. Mm-hmm. Better learn to read. That reminds that old, that old cliche time where you can't teach your old dog new tricks. Because like, once you get to that age, you're like, your brain's damn near shut up to like all outside things. Yeah, they done hard-coded you. They done hard-coded you. Exactly. Hard-code exactly. and, and that's what's so difficult about 
having awakening, mm-hmm. learning yourself, especially when it comes to things of these nature, because you have to unlearn everything that you've learned. Right. Mm-hmm. And that task right there is more daunting to some people than you could ever realize, because these are things that they have grown up with their entire life. And you can't just go up to somebody and say, well, you're entire Everything you think is wrong. Exactly. Right. (laughs) You can't just walk up to someone and say, hey, man, I know know you put your life into this, but yeah, you're wrong. You should start over. Right. Right. (laughs) You can't just say that type of stuff to people because that's never going to go out well. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And it's the sparking of conflict. And the youth are bred into, they're bred into a war. They're bred into a burning house, right? Mm-hmm. They, they they walk into it not understanding. They just know that hey, if it ain't this, it ain't right. Like, and that mindset is as early as programming can get. Like I said, when you come out the womb, you are programmed immediately. Whether from political views, life views, ideologies, religion, whether you should take a, a bath, whether you take a bath at night or in the morning, like. Everything is how many times a day, stuff like that. Yeah, what you use, the, the food you eat, food. you know what I'm saying? Oh, everything, everything. clothes you wear, yeah. Everything. And you know, this is this is so universal. The, the this concept of your family, you know, persuading how you think. Because, um, you know, at the school I go to, I have a political science class, it's a large lecture room. And one of the first days of class, they asked us, they said, Well, where do you get your political views from? Your family. Right. I think we're in the same literally, class, bro. We're in the same class, I think. <laughs> literally everyone says their family. Yes, bro. Because that's that's your first point of contact. Your family. And it's 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 inevitable for someone to be around their family for such long periods of time and not start to pick up on the views that they have. Mm-hmm. Right. And it hurts them to think of something else because it's not considered right. But why not? Mm-hmm. Just because someone is different, there is now an issue. I agree. Why is there an issue now? Agree. Why can't people coexist? But in, in people, this... well, keep going, keep going. No, no, you got it. I'm about to say people scream coexist, but don't mean it truthfully. You can scream coexist all you want. You can put it on the back. That bumper sticker ain't gonna start nothing. Right, it's gonna take more than coexist bumper stickers. And I tell. Keep going. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time. Uh, you know, a lot of people they they ask me how like how I'd just be coming up with the things that I say and whatnot. I'd be like, yeah, honestly, I'm like a five year old, a hundred year old person in the same body. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is, I don't think I've ever truly grown up. Like when it comes to how children think. I'm just constantly thinking about everything, constantly asking questions, constantly trying to find new knowledge, new things to learn. You know, that's why I'm always reading books, always reading articles, always watching educational videos. And I feel like you got to be in that type of mindset if you want to further elevate yourself. Because I feel like if I ever get to a point where I think that I know everything or mm-hmm. I think I know enough, then I've already lost the battle. Right. Mm-hmm. Every, every day I tell people, you know, I'm not in competition with anyone. I'm just trying to be better than the person that I was yesterday. And if Mm -hmm. that means that I need to have more knowledge than the person that I was yesterday, then that means I need to go out and discover it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like to get to a point where I'm complacent in who I am now, I feel like that's very, that's very counterproductive in what I'm trying to 
to mold myself to be. Trying Mama to improve mentality. Myself. Yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, do y'all remember a book called The House on Mango Street? I don't, I don't, like yeah. Middle, yes. How she was talking uh, Didn't about we how, read that in middle school? Yeah, I'm saying. Because she uh, was like, we, I'm, we I'm, we I'm 15. supposed to read it. I ain't read it. But. <laughs> oh, well. I actually, I actually got through the first two chapters. I always talking about. She said, I'm 15 years old, but I'm also 14, 13, until like all her, she's still every age she was still in her. Like her one year old self, her two year old self, her preteen self, all within her mm-hmm. still. I'd be, telling, I be telling folks, I'd be like, look, I have the wisdom of a thousand generations within me. I said, I speak from the ancestors' wisdom. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, it's within me. So your people be telling me I'm wise beyond my years, but like, because I don't been through this. Yeah. My ancestors mm-hmm. been guiding me. Mm-hmm. You be getting them downloads at night. <laughs> mm-hmm. You wake up and you just start talking about something. You be like, "How you know that?" Oh, it just came to me. Just came. Like to people, people be like, "Man, you be talking to me, you be a great motivational speaker." This, that, and the third. I'm like, "Look, man, this whole life thing, I done been through it before, and uh-huh. I'm just letting you know what it is." Yeah, and I think we're gonna bring this four three sixty and bring it back to the youth before we close this out. Mm-hmm. That as we speak. any messages, any <laughs> messages want to give to the youth for listening. <laughs> and so, the youth, as we stated multiple times already, are programmed from the jump. Everything you do has been done before. You, yes, you are special, but you are not special. <laughs> 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 You control your own universe. You are the star mm-hmm. of your universe, but in the grand scheme of things, you are but a blink mm-hmm. in the universe. Mm-hmm. The universe don't mm-hmm. care about time. He just blinked his eyes once and you gone. Mm-hmm. Your age does not define your ability. Do not forget all that old one time older junk, but that's for the birds. Do what you want now and because it help you in the future. Start now. Mm-hmm. Do not wait. Not procrastinate. Do not think for a lot. For said today can be done tomorrow. Right. From, don't ever think for a second that you're too young to do something. You know, I used to tell uh, my parents, my older family members all the time when I was younger. I don't even know where I got this quote from. It just came to me one day. But they were like, um, they said something about be, me being young and not knowing. And I said, uh, I said, stupidity knows no age. And I just, I just said that. And I just say nothing else. Yeah. I'm going to leave you with that. Your philosopher ancestors that spoke to you at a young age. Mm. Like, you can say what you want about a kid not knowing a lot, but stupidity knows no age. I don't care how old you are. And I'm going to say one one more example before we close this out. This is the episode of Brain Games, right? They had a little girl. They, well, they had like 10 men, like 10, not 10, but just 10 adults and like one little girl. And so they put words on top of colors, right? And let's say the word oh, might yeah. say, I know what you're talking the about. Word might say yellow, but the block is green. So the, the task was for the adults to say the word, say the color that it is, but don't say but the word. But not the word. Exactly. And all the adults got like less than half of them wrong. Like they got less than half right. Mm-hmm. The brain was conflicting whether to listen to the look at the words or look at the color. You know then they saying? brought the little girl out. And she, and got she got to like 30 right. seconds less. Like, she could. She's like, she couldn't read. She just mm-hmm. saw it. Well, she just calls it. It's what it is, right? And exactly. You don't have to. You don't have nothing conflicting you. And that's how you're supposed to be programmed. Not saying. Well, not saying you don't need to be programmed at all. But her mind was free. 
She didn't care about mm-hmm. nothing else. She was like, yo, that's green, that's blue, that's purple, that's black. Yep. And we overthink as we get older. Yes. Very true. Very true. And now you're thinking, well, maybe it's too late. Well, maybe I can't do it. And when you look at a kid, ain't nothing stop that kid. When you, when you used to go to the park, your mom, before your mom say, now get ready. You take off running, boy. You don't care. You know, I'm about to get this way, boy. I'm about to, right. I'm about to get on this and, side. And All that's right. what I mean when you got you to gotta think in the mind of a child. You can't let self-doubt. You can't let none of that impede on what you're doing. Sometimes you got to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing, and I'm about to do it. Right. So you, you look at a kid on the playground, sometimes you be like, but this did this kid even think about what he was about to do? This kid <laughs> mm-hmm. just jumped off the slide. I've got my worst jumped. injuries. Right. Oh, I oh I killed myself. Oh my God, right. I'm in so much pain. Like, dude, you was two stories in the air and you decided to just jump. Right. Are you serious? Exactly. <laughs> but again, that's what life. You don't you don't you don't need to work. Go for it. And then when you fall, mm-hmm. go like, okay, next time let's think about it. If the kid decides right. to jump off the slide again, <laughs> that's all on him, bro. Fall eight times, get up nine. And then you know, eventually that kid going to land that jump. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a playground legend. <laughs> and that's all to say that the youth is being programmed, but we have to install the tools in them so they aren't. And that starts with you rewriting the code they don't put in you for so many years. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. So on that note, the Pharaohs, we're about to we're about to close it out so you all know the drill. Can y'all hear me this time? Yes, we can hear yeah. you, brother. Great. I hit it. From men's to kings. From kings to gods. This has been Fresh Pharaoh Entertainment. Peace and harmony. Yes, brother. Peace.